0: Welcome to the unofficial House of Wind Book Club, run by two best friends and self declared members of the Night Court.
1: Today we are discussing chapters 13 and 14 of A Court of Mist and Fury. I know you can hear me from the dark. I know you're listening from afar. I thought that no one could fix me.
0: Ma'am, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing better now. It has been quite the morning. I was not expecting for my how was your week section of this week to be discussing this topic. As you and I both know, I had to get new headphones so that we could appropriately record.
0: Listen, it was a little rough the last time.
1: It was. My headphones failed us over and over again. They just stopped picking up my audio and we had to take my husband's phone to make it work. It was a nightmare. It was absolutely terrible. We figured it out though. We decided that it was time for new headphones and when I went to go plug in the headphone adapter piece that I got to use these headphones. It was the wrong piece and I had to run and go to the store to get new ones. And when I got there, it was fairly empty and there was only one person working in the electronics section of this big box store. And I went up and I said, excuse me, I'm so sorry to bother you because he was busy. Right. He had been doing something and he just looked at me and I was asking, do you guys have any headphones with a USB-C jack? And he just kind of stared at me for a second and was like, we have one. And not like one set of headphones, but just one to choose from. There were no other selections. We
0: have one. And
1: I was just like, okay. We both stood there and he just stared at me. I was like, can I see them? And he just... (sighs) Let out one of those and led me over to the case where literally every pair of headphones in the whole store were locked up. Even the crappy like $5 headphones you would see at like the register. Everything was locked up. So he shows me through the case. He points and was like $24. I was like, okay.
0: Thanks for sharing the price, buddy. That's not what I asked.
1: Right. (laughs) He then just stares at me again. I was like, can I get them? And he again... Let's out one of those Mm. and then takes the headphones up to the register in this box store. You know, each department usually has like a register, even though you could need something from all over.
0: Right. You're supposed to check out at the front.
1: Right. Well, I wasn't done and I did need things from like another area. I needed to grab some groceries on my way out, but he was not interested. Rang me up, didn't say anything, and just stared at me until I paid. And when I told him thank you, he just rolled his eyes and turned away and was like, All right, well. And I was very confused. I left thinking like, am I the jerk here? am I the bad guy? Did I do something wrong? He was so mean, and it did not make my morning any less stressful, but I have headphones, and now we can record, so I guess it worked out. At least everything worked out in the end, even though it was maybe a little stressful. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been a great, crazy morning, but now we have the headphone issue fixed, and recording for us should go smoother from here, and I can just breathe.
0: And less stressful.
1: I really hope So <laughs> (laughs) So what about you, though, Abby? How had your week been?
0: I am stressed out.
1: Oh. (laughs) right away okay
0: in a good way it is a good busy I thrive on being overworked I know that sounds dumb but I really do if I can be constantly doing something that's when I'm my happiest but then when all those things stop and I'm forced to like take a breath I hate that feeling that's where I'm at right now but no I had a really good weekend I did those boudoir minis I was talking about yes couple episodes ago the ones that sold out really quick I did them yesterday and it was beautiful I had 12 different women come and get their boudoir photos taken they drove over an hour and a half to come have them taken with me, which is really cool at a studio in Italy called Vincenza or Vicenza. It was really fun. I had a really good day, but here's the issue. I worked from 530 in the morning until almost 1030 PM. Gross. Between driving, editing, and the mini sessions. Just you. So that was Saturday. Today's Sunday. I'm a little tired, just a little bit. So if I'm a little lackluster, you guys know why, but here's the cool part of this whole shebang. I did my own boudoir photos and I did them with an akatar book ooh, and they turned out really cute and like a little red rose yeah it was really fun i took some comparison photos from this time last year to this time this year and kind of looked like a different person so that was cool it was nice to be around a group of women who were all like super supportive of each other and just like hyping each other up the whole day
1: yeah it
0: was a fun day if we're going on like energy tank i've got like you're running on e i'm like An eighth of a tank.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But do we have a question this week?
1: We do. The question this week is, do you talk to yourself?
0: Inside your mind or outside your mind?
1: Outside, vocally.
0: Mm, No. No? My husband does. Every time he does it, I go, creepy. (laughs) Because he'll be in the room, openly talking to himself, like having a full, not back and forth conversation with himself, but like a full on conversation. Yeah. And I'm like, fucking creepy, dude. Stop it. (laughs) I do. Uh, So, no. I
1: talk to myself. You do? Absolutely, yeah. Why? I mean, you gotta be your own best friend, Abby. You gotta be your own hype girl sometimes. Yeah, but
0: do you not have that, like, internal monologue going on?
1: I mean, yeah, but sometimes it's nice to just hear it, too, all right?
0: I can't even say, like, affirmations out loud because I feel uncomfortable.
1: No? You don't, like, get ready and go, like, I'm a baddie today. Like, you don't tell yourself that? No. Avi, Abby, Abby.
0: Especially right now. <laughs> Taking boudoir photos yesterday, I felt great. And then today looking at them, I'm like, I am a potato.
1: No, you're not. <laughs> uh,
0: no. No, Libby, that does not come out of my mouth ever.
1: <laughs> well, it comes out of mine. I do talk to myself.
0: I'm not making fun of you for talking to yourself. Whatever you need to do to, like, get through the day. But...
1: I wouldn't be offended if you did. It's okay. What, what do you say? I mean, it depends on what's going on. Like, if I'm working on something, if I'm trying to, like, clean or fix something and I can't get it, I'm like, Libby, come on. Like, what the hell? I'll get on to myself. Okay.
0: I have been, like, uh, out loud, I've said, really, Abby?
1: Yeah, there's that.
0: Like, if I'm frustrated. But I'm not, like, today was such a lovely day and then...
1: Ah. No, no, no. See, I don't have like, how was your day, Libby? It was great, Libby. Thanks. Like, it's not like that. You know, just little positive. Okay,
0: you don't have a conversational back and forth with yourself.
1: No, 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 no. Not like that. I'll ask myself things out loud sometimes. You
0: will ask yourself questions outside your brain?
1: Yeah. You don't contemplate out loud? Sometimes You're not like, am I feeling this today?
0: I wish y'all could see my face because I am staring at her with great confusion. No.
1: Okay, well. No. If
0: anything, I just like reprimand myself for being an idiot sometimes.
1: You got to talk nicer out loud to yourself. Try it. Try talking nicer out loud to yourself. I
0: make sure that I have a good inner monologue. Like besides today when
1: I... Yeah, you're really good about saying good things to yourself.
0: I'm very burnt out right now. But normally my brain is like, I'm very adamant about only speaking nicely about myself right because your thoughts become your actions all that shit but i'll just be like really abby like that was dumb or something so no i don't i don't ask myself
1: well do the opposite do the opposite sometimes like when you're editing and you're like oh that's good like say that be like that that looks good abby give yourself an out loud compliment
0: (laughs) there are so many things
1: i'm gonna do libby that's not one that might not not be one one of them (laughs) Because I will giggle. You do it while you're alone. Literally, no one else is there to judge you. Get yourself comfortable with talking to yourself. (laughs) why is this so wild
0: i don't know it makes me go because every time he'll be like he'll talk back to like youtube videos or something okay if there's a game he's a a huge gamer and so if there's like a gaming thing going on james will be like really guys like you know like people will do to sports
1: okay but like do you not watch reality tv and you're like seriously
0: i don't watch those shows in general because i'm really an empathetic person and i will start sobbing like queer eye Unless I'm on my period as a hard no.
1: I'm talking like The Bachelor or The Bachelorette or just like something where you're just like, oh, come on. Can't
0: get them over here.
1: Abby. I'm so sorry.
0: Hulu is U.S. only, oh. and it is one of the very few that can detect any VPN you have. So, like, I can watch Discovery Plus, which has some like 90 Day Fiance on there. Yeah, I just think those people are stupid, so I never watch it.
1: You don't watch trash TV. You don't like watch it. No, no, you don't. Know my parents call them. You don't watch. Oh wow, this is wild to me. So my parents and I will watch. Not always together, but like we will all watch like shows that we hate, and we call it like our shit shows. Shit shows, because it's like we hate them, but we can't stop watching it. Yeah, it's called our shit shows. I love that. You get all your judgment and your like negativity out on to people that will never be affected by it, and you don't have to like go online and like. I mean, you shouldn't be. What I'm saying is like, if you're the kind of person that feels motivated to go online and bully people, don't do that. Just watch a shit show and like. Yeah, please. (laughs) Not that I've ever felt that. I'm just saying, if you have, maybe you could use. This is an alternative. However, we watch our shit shows and we like get all of our judgment and like eye rolls out at people that it won't affect.
0: Well, I am glad that you can do that and I wish that I could. You're
1: about to text Lindsay and be like, this bitch.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> Hold on. Can we talk about this? There was a saying, because I've been thinking about this a lot lately, that if you talk shit with somebody, they're talking shit behind your back. I don't agree with that. Have you heard that saying? Yeah. Because Libby, we we've talked some some smack about some people,
1: some schmeck, yeah, we've talked plenty of schmeck.
0: There are about three people in the world I talk shit with, and it is you, my friend Cody, and my friend Lindsay. <laughs> and I would never tell somebody something about either one of you that I wouldn't or haven't said to your face, right? If one of us has been bitchy, we've told each other. Oh, yeah, we've been like, you good, buddy. Because something's wrong. Yeah. And normally we're like, mm, something is wrong and we'll, we'll address it. But I don't like that saying. That makes me very no. sad because now I'm afraid to talk to most people <laughs> about anything because I'm like, what are you saying behind my back?
1: I feel like that saying is for like the general population. Right. It's for people that you're not super close with. I think it means that if you're like at work and just some random casual coworker is like always like talking shit, if they're talking shit to you, they're probably to also talking shit about you but I don't think it applies to like your inner circle of people
0: but guys we're just talking shit now <laughs> my friend Cody was driving with me to and from Vicenza because she was going to help with the boudoir she made cupcakes for everybody and a cute little matching cake oh it's so cute she's one of the few people I should talk with and so we were discussing events and I was like wait a second I have to ask you this because I've been really worried ever since I heard it on TikTok and she's like shut up the only time I've ever said anything about you is to my husband and it was Abby's being bitchy today And you were, and I told you you were,
1: (laughs) and it was like, I probably was. You know, I'm pretty sure you and my husband. My husband's definitely my my go-to person for most of that.
0: Oh, my husband too. He doesn't count. I consider that the same human.
1: That's a default. Yeah. Yeah, he's the same person.
0: Okay. Well, you talk outside your brain. I only talk inside my brain. I do have an internal <laughs> monologue.
1: I like that way of phrasing it better. <laughs> See, you talk both
0: outside and inside of your brain. There you go, ma'am. Do you want to get started on our chapter reviews?
1: Yes, I do. We've got some Thick Boy episodes coming up, so...
0: This podcast episode contains discussions and commentary on the series A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass. We believe that our use of copyrighted materials falls under the doctrine of fair use, as we are providing transformative commentary, analysis, and discussion for educational and entertainment purposes.
1: We respect the rights of the copyright owner, and our use is in accordance with the principles of fair use under copyright law. Listeners are encouraged to obtain their own copy of a Court of Thorns and Roses series by Sarah J. Maas to fully enjoy and appreciate the work in its its entirety
0: aka don't sue us thank you
1: we like to do this podcast and we've made zero dollars off of it
0: we make no money and just lots of effort so
1: please (laughs) it's actually cost us we've spent a lot of money to do this and earned nothing back Uh,
0: please just let us do our little weird fairy shit (laughs) come on
1: let us fangirl chapter 13 Favor woke in the sunlit night court and found Reese lounging in the armchair across from where she lay on the couch. Reese was watching the mountains with an unusual strictness about him. Favor could see only icy rage in his eyes. Favor could tell by the light along the moonstone floors that it had to be dawn and wondered how long she had been unconscious. She finally spoke, asking Reese what had happened. Favor heard her ragged voice, as if she had been screaming. Reese spoke that Feyre had been screaming. She had also scared any and all beings in Tamlin's manner by shielding herself in darkness and leaving herself therefore unseen. Feyre felt the nerves in her gut as she tried to ask if she had hurt anyone, but Reese stopped her and assured her that she had not. Feyre had noticed that Reese was not there. He had not been the one to rescue her. Reese explained that by their law, he could not have been the one to waltz in and take her. He was allowed to smash her shield, but Moore had to be the one to go in on her own two feet, handle the sentries with her own power, and carry Pharaoh over the border to another court. Where Rhys then met her and brought her to the night court. Had Reese been the one to take Feyre, Tamlin would have had the right to lead his own forces into the night court land and reclaim her. Reese didn't want an internal war to deal with, so everything had to be done by the book, so to speak. Reese advised that since Feyre was not there as part of her monthly bargain, she was not bound to return to the spring court. She could stay if she wished. Pharaoh was able to verbalize that Tamlin had locked her in that manner. Reese's wings spread behind him as he maintained his calm demeanor and confirmed this. Even with her shields up, he had felt her. Favor looked to him and told him she had nowhere else to go. This felt like both a question and a plea to her. Reese waved it off with his hand, offering for her to stay as long as she'd like. Stay forever, if she felt like it. Favor knew she needed to return to the spring court at some point. Reese guaranteed that she could do this whenever. Reese told her she could work for him. Food, clothing, shelter, all in exchange for her help. They could figure it all out day by day. Favor knew Tamlin would be enraged, probably tearing apart the manor. He had locked her up, and whether it was because he truly didn't understand her or because he was so broken from all that had happened under the mountain, it didn't matter. He locked her up, so Favor declared that she wouldn't be going back, at least not until she figures things out. Her thumb brushed over her now bare ring finger, where her engagement band had once been. Maybe Tamlin would heal and come around. Maybe Feyre could take one day at a time to figure herself out. She couldn't go back, couldn't be locked up again. It would only complete the breaking that Amarantha had started in her. Rhys summoned a cup of hot tea and handed it to her, instructing her to drink peppermint and licorice and some other spice. As she drank the tea, Feyre asked if the darkness she had covered herself in was part of the power Rhys had given her. Reese assumed it was. Favour noticed she hadn't gotten wings like his, though. Reese teased that if she had Tamlin's shape-shifting powers, then she could make her own. Favour wondered what other powers she had gotten from the other High Lords. Ice from Winter. She had made shields of hardened wind. Where had that come from? What court did the winnowing belong to? Wind, day court, Reese considered. Winnowing was not tied to any court. It depended on training and how much power she had. She would have to find out what other gifts she had, though. Rhys stood and stretched. He told Feyre to rest for a day or two. He had business in other parts of his lands. He'd be back at the end of the week. Feyre said nothing, and Rhys began to leave. But Feyre saw then how her week would go, alone with nothing to distract her from herself and her horrible, looming thoughts. Before she could convince herself otherwise, Feyre asked Rhys to take her with him. Rhys slowly turned back, saying she should rest. But Feyre had rested enough. She wanted to go with him. She promised to stay out of trouble. Just please... That awful word she hated. She choked on this word that hadn't meant anything to Tamlin. Reese was silent for a long while. Then he strode to her. If Feyre went with him, she could not turn back. She could tell no one outside of his court what she would see. This would mean life or death for his people. She would have to forever be willing to lie about what she would see, even to the spring court, should she return there. Feyre asked again to be taken with him. She wouldn't tell anyone, ever, even them. She couldn't say his name. Rhys told her to be ready to leave in ten minutes. Feyre asked where they were going. Rhys smiled widely. To Valaris, the city of starlight. Feyre wondered as she entered her room what city she could possibly see. Amarantha had destroyed everything. Any city in Prithian must be in ruins. Feyre quickly bathed and dressed in night court clothing. She tried to focus on her small tasks to distract herself from the thoughts of what Tamlin had done. When Feyre returned to Rhys, he teased that she had taken fifteen minutes. Reese winnowed them into what appeared to be someone's home. Wood-paneled walls and a straight wide oak staircase ahead of them. A sitting room to the left, with a black marble fireplace and plenty of fancy yet comfortably worn furniture. Bookshelves built into every wall. To the right, a dining room with a long wooden table that could easily fit ten people. There were many doors along the hallway. This was a townhouse, Favor realized. This was a home. It was lived in and cherished, and it was in a city. And that is the end of not only chapter 13, Abby, but also the end of part one of A Court of Mist and Fury.
0: When I got to where it said part two, I was like, Exc- excuse me? Right? How? What? How are we here already?
1: Explain this.
0: Oh, anyway, I guess it's my turn. It is. Chapter 14. Welcome to my home, Reese said. Before her lay not only a city of people, but a town home, with sunlight streaming in through the windows. The thought of all the destruction Amarantha had caused to yet another city of people weighed on Feyre's shoulders. She asked him what this place was, and he said that it was his home. Technically, it was one of his homes, but the other was for more official business, while this one was for him and his family. Feyre listened to see if any servants lurked in the home, but heard nothing. She was glad to not have an audience for once. Rhys assured her that nobody but Nuala and Kara dwin were in the home, and that besides the two, there would be nobody else. Feyre found herself tense up. This home was much smaller than the previous one they'd been sharing, and she feared there would be no hiding from him there. Feyre thought about how no cities had lasted in the mortal territory, save the few that had begun to bloom on the main continent, and how she had vowed to go with Elaine to visit them. Not that that would even be an option anymore. Reese began to speak as two large shadows approached the door. Two things, Feyre darling. He was interrupted by one of the looming shadows, who banged on the frosted glass. Hurry up, you lazy ass, said the first. If you're going to pick a fight with him, do it after breakfast, replied the second. Vera took in the deep male voices and the two sets of wings behind the shadows. She was so deeply tired. I wasn't the one who hauled me out of bed just now to fly down here, busy body, the first one said again. Was that Reese? smiling. He turned to Feyre and explained that nobody but him and more were able to winnow inside the house. It was warded, shielded, and then warded some more. He continued with the fact that Feyre was safe here in this home, and honestly anywhere in the city. The walls of Valaris were well protected and hadn't been breached in over 5,000 years. He told her to go where, do what, and to meet who she wished, but then noted towards the two people behind the door. Those two in the antechamber might not be on that list of people you should bother knowing if they keep banging on. the door like children another pound came from the door followed by you know we can hear you prick secondly he continued in regard to the two bastards at my door it's up to you whether you'd like to meet them now or head upstairs like a wise person take a nap since you're still looking a little peaky and then change into city appropriate clothing while i beat the hell out of one of them for talking to his high lord like that light sparked in reese's eyes He looked younger, so different from the rage-filled Lord that she had awoken to earlier. Yes, when she'd awoken on a couch and decided she wasn't going to return home, and maybe that the spring court might not even be her home. She felt the familiar feeling of drowning, claw at her throat again, drowning in exhaustion. She told him to come get her when they were gone. The light was suddenly gone from his eyes and he went to speak, but was once again interrupted, this time by a female voice. You Illyrians are worse than cats yowling to be let in the back door. The doorknob turned, but remained locked. Really, Resand, you locked us out? Thera forced herself up the stairs where she found the twins beckoning her forward at the top, almost like they were urging her to hurry up favor thought she could kiss them both for that bit of normalcy she thought she might have kissed reese too for making sure to wait until she was halfway down the second floor hallway before opening the door she heard them enter but only bits of the conversation welcome home bastard i sensed you were back more filled me in but i send your dogs out to play And you and i have matters to discuss the female voice said as do i the darker of the two male voices said we were here first wait your turn tiny ancient one the other male said. Moore's voice then filled the air. Why is everyone here so early? I thought we were going to meet at the house tonight. Reese grumbled. Trust me, there's no party. Only a massacre if Cassian doesn't shut his mouth. The first voice, Cassian, started to complain that they were hungry and promised breakfast. The strange female voice called the Illyrians pathetic. More agreed, but she did ask if there was any food to be found. Feyre heard the words, but was beyond comprehension. She was led into a beautiful bedroom with a bed Feyre was dying to curl up in, but she needed to know a few things before her mind would let her rest. She asked the two who the people downstairs were, and they replied saying they were Reese's inner circle. Feyre noted that she didn't think High Lords kept things so casual, but one of them said said that most didn't, but Reese did. One of the twins brushed Feyre's hair while the other gathered pajamas for her. Reese's words filled Feyre's mind. The walls of the city have not been breached for 5,000 years, meaning that Amarantha never. She asked the two how the city was still here and how it had survived. The two tensed. The High Lord is very powerful, one of them said, and was devoted to his people long before his father's mantle was passed to him. Feyre asked again how it survived. She looked out the window to see a garden that was untouched and safe. How had this place remained while the rest of the world had been ruined? It's not for us to tell, the other said. Pharaoh insisted that Reese had told them not to tell her, but they interrupted, saying the High Lord had not asked them of that, but that whatever he had done to shield the city was his story to tell, not theirs. They would rather Reese tell his story so that they didn't get anything wrong. Farah couldn't fight that. They went to shut the curtains, but Feyre quickly requested she keep them open. She couldn't be in the darkness, not again and not yet. The twins asked Farah to call if she needed anything and then they left the room. She was finally alone. Farah climbed into the bed feeling nothing. She listened to the fire and the birds chirping from the trees in the garden. It sounded so different from the sounds of the spring court that she'd become used to. Sounds she wasn't sure she'd ever hear again. Feyre wondered if maybe Amarantha had won after all. And some part of Feyre wondered if she were to never return to the spring court, maybe that's exactly what he deserved. Sleep found her. Brutally hard sleep.
1: I don't expect Feyre to all of the sudden be okay after everything she had gone through in the spring court. I think there is going to be a buffer period where she is going to have to heal and get right with herself and before she can fully be happy again. You mean trauma isn't healed immediately? Dang it. No. What?
0: (laughs) You mean mine doesn't flare up on a daily basis? Yours isn't.
1: Excuse me. What crazy? Oh, okay. <laughs> I liked these chapters. These ones made me happy. I enjoyed seeing Rian in this different light, this different perspective of him. It's nice to see him not being angry
0: all the time. We've seen him as a high Lord. Yes, doing things that we thought he loved more learning, maybe not so much. Yes, but it's nice to see him as like a person with a
1: family. And friends, right? It's interesting to see that he's described in such an angry way—a calm, angry way—and yet he still doesn't feel threatening and scary. He sounds like he should be terrifying. When S.J.M. writes him, saying, "Reese Sam was lounging in an armchair across from the couch where I was sprawled, gazing at the mountains. His face uncharacteristically solemn. No kindness in his eyes. Nothing but unending icy rage. And yet, favor doesn't feel terrified or scared of." him or like she has to brace herself for impact. I love how he's angry but he's angry for her not at her. He is not misplacing his anger.
0: I love how he says and your presence here isn't part of the bargain. You can go back whenever you want and she didn't have to say anything more than he locked me
1: in that house. Yeah. So you know from what we've read so far that Rhysand does not want her to go back. He's probably sitting there like please stay. (laughs) Please. Please don't go. But at at the same time he understands he does not have the right to dictate where she does and does not go to and so he lets her know like yes you have the freedom you can go back whenever you want you're not obligated to stay here it's completely up to you and I just wonder like did fair just feel like oh, like she had the space to breathe and to be the person she's been asking to be and the freedom she's been asking for do you think she's starting to finally feel the control over herself come back well even when he he is talking to her and he's like stay here for however long you want stay here forever if you feel like it right which when he said that i was just like all right reese like that wasn't subtle like i bet he's sitting like yeah, you know well you stay here forever if you want you can stay always stay here forever it's fine you don't have to go anywhere. Just you know, it's no big deal. Whatever.
0: I loved that, and then I loved how it was all her control from day one. He's really given her control. You know the quote: "If you love something, let it go. It'll come back to you." Yes. That's the complete opposite of Tamlin. If you love something, keep it to you, and where it can't leave, and suffocate it until it feels like it's dying. I feel like Reese is the whole "I'll have respect for you if you have respect for me" kind of vibe. Yes. As he's like, "Hey, I made you the offer. Come work for me. Everything's paid for. Your life is settled. Like you're good." She finally goes, I'm not going back. And she blurted those words out really before she even had them fully formed in her mind. And she was like, the words ring in me like a death knell. Not until I figure things out. And I was like, oh girl, you can just stay there
1: in the nice little house with him. It's fine. I squealed (laughs) when she said, I'm not going back. I was like, yes. Like I was very happy. Right before that part, the paragraph before that, I guess in Feyre's inner monologue, her speaking in her own mind, she was saying Tamlin would be furious. He'd shred apart the manor. But he'd locked me up and it's that word but that really kind of like caught my attention there because was she considering going back yeah of course she is because she's saying tamlin would be furious he'd shred the manor apart do you think she's thinking he's gonna be mad he's breaking everything he's gonna be throwing a fit i should go back one thousand percent yes and so for her to say but he locked me up and i'm like wait what because to me again i'm not a victim of domestic violence i haven't been in her shoes so for me reading that just reading tamlin would be furious he'd shred apart the manor that sentence was enough for me to be like I'd never go back that alone Eh. but then it follows up with but he'd locked me up like that was the thing that made her not want to go back and that was kind of not in a judgmental way I don't judge favor I'm not someone who's been in her position so obviously I will never fully understand what that is like to experience that type of violence but It makes me sad for her. What I'm thinking she felt is responsibility to make sure that he was calmed down and that she fixed whatever he was breaking. But I'm also happy that for whatever reason, she's not going to go back. Whatever reason she needs, she's not going back.
0: I was actually funny enough talking to one of my friends this week about rationalizing your partner's behaviors, choices, actions. (laughs) Behaviors and downfalls. Yes. Yeah. Because they're your partner and you don't want to see the bad parts of them. With anybody else, You would be like, what the fuck is happening? You will try to rationalize it because you don't want to lose them. Or you know they're good at heart. And so you're gonna be like, oh, they didn't really mean to do this. And that's what she's doing. She's like, either he'd so deeply misunderstood me or he'd been so broken by what went on under the mountain, but he locked me up.
1: I don't care why he did it. Yeah, zero fucks given there, buddy. I'm glad to see she kind of came to that conclusion too. Like, it doesn't matter. He locked me up. It doesn't matter what his reasoning is. So I'm glad she's reaching those points as well. Hey,
0: guess what? It's trauma doesn't matter to you at this point. You are still in charge of your own reactions to things regardless of what you've gone through. So with Tamlin, he is still responsible for how he's acting like a freaking Mm two-year-old regardless of the fact he went through shit because guess what? So is Feyre and she's not sitting there screaming like a three-year-old.
1: I love that right away Feyre was like, did I hurt anyone? And that's not something we've heard Tamlin ask once. Not once has he cared.
0: Has he asked if anybody's okay or (laughs) literally nothing?
1: No, because if they answer then he'd have to deal with it and he doesn't want to. That man. On a lighter note, what the fuck is this tea? Peppermint and licorice? Oh my, ew.
0: No. We have different thoughts and feelings. I love licorice. Peppermint and licorice sounds delicious.
1: That sounds absolutely atrocious. I love tea. It doesn't have to be sweet. Like, I love all sorts of tea, but licorice? Huh. I have an actual physical revulsion. That sounds disgusting. Do you not like licorice in general? I guess what I'm picturing here is like a black licorice. And like, I do like some licorice, but a peppermint and like I can't, my mind can't combine the two. I, I don't know. I, the taste buds haven't discovered it. It doesn't sound appealing to me. <laughs> I think it sounds delicious. <laughs> I read that and I was like, can I have some? Look, don't get me wrong. I am very adventurous. I will absolutely try it. I'm just not expecting it to be good. I'm just gonna let you know, you reminded me that my husband was supposed to bring me
0: tea and he did not. So can I have some tea? <laughs> (laughs) Okay, so I will have tea within the next 10 minutes. Thank you for reminding me.
1: Come, man, servant. The
0: next part where he's like, I have to go. (laughs) Like, I know I just rescued you, but bye. I gotta go, so uh, goodbye, I'll be back at some point. Have a good week. She's like, please take me with you. And I was like, oh buddy. I mean, I would take her, that was really sad. Yeah, okay, come with me. And every time she's asked Tamlin, she's had to beg, basically on her knees, beg and plead for him to take her with her. And so I love it here when she's like, take me with you, I've rested enough. I promise to stay out of trouble, please. Like she's literally like, I'm not gonna be a nuisance, I'm so sorry. Cause she's had to justify her reasoning
1: That hurt. That hurt to read. Mm
0: -hmm. Please. And she's like, I choked on the last word. It hadn't done anything for Tamlin anyway. At this point, she's used to begging. Does he really want her to come? I mean, we know yes. Probably he does want her to come. But I love how he also gives her the choice because this is a really big decision.
1: Well, and he's very hesitant. He is. He's very hesitant because he's like slowly turns to her. And like you were saying, yeah, if you come, like there's no turning back point. This is it. This is it. You're going. You're all in. And
0: he gives her full control. She goes, stay here, locked up. Uh, just like in the spring court, or go and bye. She
1: goes. I loved it. That made me so happy. And he tells her, "You're gonna have to be willing to lie to even the spring court if you go back." And the fact that she's just like, "Yeah, yep, deal, oh, done." Oh no! Shoot, don't. So when it says that Reese's smile widened into a grin, like I could just picture him, just like this feral, like this excitement, like this childish, like he is excited. And he was just like, "We're going to Valaris, the city of Starlight." It just ah.
0: Uh, and his little smile of going home yes. and like he gets to bring this girl that he's I mean obviously they've been flirting things he gets to bring her home I just thought that was the sweetest thing like he's just so excited he gets to take her home
1: well and then when she gets ready and he's like you got 10 minutes let's go and then she comes back and he's like that took 15 I was like okay alright buddy he's
0: just trying to be a butt it cracked me up
1: I loved when they went out there the description of the townhouse especially the sitting room with the bookshelves built into the walls. I was like, oh, my dream room. Can I just live in that room, please? It sounded so pretty. I don't need to see any more. I just want to stay here. I told my husband when we eventually can buy our forever home and stop moving around for the military.
0: In a million years. Right.
1: Can I have a room where I just want bookshelves that are built into the room? I want a room of bookshelf walls.
0: Yes, I'm I'm answering for him. Yep. Abby said yes, Skylar. <laughs> you sure can, buddy. Abby said yes. Hate to tell ya. Done.
1: (laughs) Well and then she say, you know, this house was a home. It was lived in, like it was a home. That's not something I've heard her describe in the spring court once.
0: No, never. And there's always been people
1: there. Right. And it's always been uncomfortable. It wasn't something that stood out to me until she said that too. Like this was a home. And then I kind of realized like, oh, she's never talks like that about the spring court. No. It was kind of a realization for me too. And then chapter 14, the first thing Rhysand says is welcome to my home. Yeah. It's
0: not welcome to this townhouse. Right. Welcome. Welcome to my apartment. Welcome to my home. And I was like, okay. I love your home already, buddy. We can can have it. I just felt like it was such a cute little, not welcome to the place I work, welcome to the place I own. Because I feel like Tamlin would have been like, welcome to the palace or the the mansion that I live in. You know, we would try to make (laughs) it such a big deal. And instead we have Reese going like, hey, welcome home. This is where I stay at. (laughs) And you're allowed here now. You know, I thought it was very cute. And then I loved how he's like, this is my house, but it's one of two of them. The other one is just for business though.
1: It's just, my business house i mean can i be comfortable enough in life to have a home and a business home because that sounds nice oh yeah so this is just my business house this is my business house
0: i shoot out of my house like for newborns i do newborns here yeah that'd be like this is
1: my house just for photography <laughs> could you imagine this is my after labor day house because the walls are white at the other one and you can't have white after labor day. yeah
0: that is i hate that rule by the way
1: i don't understand it
0: why would i not wear white with the snow that sounds great
1: i I'm very confused. Who made that rule? Why is that a thing? Dumb people. Obviously, we're not rich enough to understand it. No, I
0: don't think I ever will be. And I'm not even mad about it. (laughs) And then I love how, oh my God, this poor woman is even traumatized with the amount of people that were at the spring court. Just like the sheer number of humans. Because she anxiously is looking around to see if anybody's there. And I love how well Reese can read her. He's like, oh, nah, it's just the twins and that's it. Like nobody else can get in here.
1: She's probably worried because in Akatar she didn't realize how many people were there they were all hidden from her <gasps> so I wonder too if she's going into this thinking like am i seeing everything or am I gonna be shocked again
0: is there more that's behind me that I'm not even aware of you know
1: right is there more being hidden from me I didn't even
0: think about that I was just thinking of like how many people Tamlin said was in his house at all times yeah even though that was her home I feel like she never had a moment to herself there auntie was always there or Tamlin was always there or Lucian was always there there was never like I need to be in my home and be alone
1: yeah at some points yeah I feel
0: like she never got that
1: I don't think it ever felt like hers necessarily like yeah she lived there but was anything really hers did she even belong to herself no like everything was always instructed to her
0: even her room I I feel like that's the only place that maybe she felt like she had a little bit of autonomy in yeah Um, but she didn't get to decorate it she didn't get to make it her own and Tamlin was even there every night because they never slept in his room so
1: well and something that I didn't mention earlier in chapters in this book uh, in *Akatar*, when Feyre gets to the spring court, she immediately like puts a trap up in her room of the spring court, even knowing that they could probably take it down immediately. And she was thinking, you know, at least I could try to run. But then when she gets to the night court, she's like, I'm not going to bother. <laughs> like, mm. I think in Akamaf she felt safe enough with Reese that she didn't feel as much of a pressing need to build that trap because she was like, eh. But I mean, she does at first. No, she does at first. Not in the night court. Yes, she does. No, she doesn't. She doesn't
0: ask- Actually make a barricade in because she does go like, there's no point. Because
1: Right, that's what I'm saying though. I think on some level. Okay,
0: I thought you meant she didn't even want to ever. No,
1: no, no. Okay. This is just my interpretation. I think in some way she felt safe enough to not need to do it at Reese's home. I feel like she's always felt safe with him. Safer? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I would too. Whether she wants to admit it or not. And she knows he
0: is the strongest high lord. So I would subconsciously feel pretty safe. Tamlin actually couldn't keep her safe. I agree that she shouldn't slash couldn't have felt safe or that safe with Tamlin because to be real Tamlin didn't keep her safe and Reese was able to waltz in through his wards like it was nothing
1: over and over and over
0: and each time it made Tamlin more mad and every time I just loved it a little bit more not gonna lie
1: I feel like it became more of a joke in a game to Reese like it just became like this is getting funnier and funnier
0: and then uh two people just show up with wings and these people just calling Reese a prick, which made me giggle, calling him a bastard to call Reese a high lord, a prick or a bastard. I was like, oh, hello. We haven't seen this level of friendship anywhere
1: no because under the mountain everyone was terrified of Reese no one would dare talk to him like that
0: no so they keep going like hurry up you lazy ass like oh my god I was like that's something I'd tell my best friend Reese is like two things uh favorite darling one is nobody but more can come in here unless I let them so you're safe I love how he gave her that reassurance because she wouldn't have asked right she would have probably just internalized it and been scared and said he's like you're good just letting you know you can do whatever wherever whatever you want wherever you want meet Whoever you want, it's on you. But like, maybe not the two people behind this door because they're being assholes, (laughs) which I thought was cute. And then one of them's like, we can hear you. And I was like, I would definitely do that. And then number two, it's up to her when she was to meet his friends, which is so respectful.
1: He always gives her the choice. Like, it's never you need to do this. It's always the choice. Even if it's going to benefit him, he's never just forced her into anything. Which
0: I love. Love That made me so happy to be like, oh, we have mutual respect for each other. Wow, because I would hate if I was like as tired as Favor was, exhausted and my husband's like, oh, I guess, or my boyfriend or, or whoever I was with at the time was like, hey, you ready to meet strangers? Multiple of them all at once after you're exhausted. What? <laughs> no. And you just went through a lot of trauma. How does that feel? I'd be like, please let me go upstairs. And he's like, you are free to go upstairs and sleep. Please, you look peaky, which was just such a cute word. I love when he said that. You look peaky. And maybe you should change into like actual clothing. Not that you have to, but like maybe you should.
1: I would also just feel very tired, more tired by the expectation of having to put on a an act I guess almost to meet new people because you kind of put on this you want to make a good impression even if you're not feeling like yourself and it would just feel more exhausting so I'm really glad like you said that he didn't force her to go along with anything he was like hey whenever you're ready you can do this but you don't have to
0: the level of care he has for her just makes my heart hurt in a good way
1: you know when she says I might have kissed Reese too for waiting to open the door I was like you can I mean you can why not go ahead go ahead when
0: she said that I would have kissed the twins for being up there and ushering me to keep coming forward but I also might I kissed Reese because he you let the door stay closed until I was halfway down. I was
1: like, you were going to do what to who? Go, go ahead. Go ahead, girl. Go ahead. <clears throat> Say that again. So you know it. Yeah. I will take it. But can you say it one more time so I can hear it? I almost wish her shields were down and Reese could have heard it. I wonder what he would have done. I wonder if he did. I wonder if she was so tired that
0: her shields were down and he could hear it.
1: Probably like, nope, y'all need to leave. Goodbye. (laughs) Suddenly nobody (laughs) is coming in my house. (laughs) Suddenly I am also tired. She goes
0: upstairs, right? And then she hears this like weird lady basically being like, send your dogs outside in the yard to play. I was like, oh shit. Loved it. Okay. Uh, Commanding woman, my favorite.
1: I love when they called her tiny ancient one. Tiny ancient. Ancient one. Yes. I'm like, okay, is she a grandma? I was like, I don't know who this is, but I like her already. Is she a grandma? If so, can we be friends? That's like my favorite supporting character is the tiny feisty support. Love it. We meet all these new people. Yes. But through Feyre, through Reese are meeting these new people, I guess is the best way to put it. Feyre listening in sort of. Yeah. Eavesdropping a little bit. Yeah. Which, you know what, girl? You do you. They're talking loud enough that you can hear it. That's on them. To be fair, that was the only way for her to get any information in the spring court. So I wouldn't be surprised if she felt that that's what she needed to do here. Yeah, she learned. She's just learning. It's what she's been taught up until now.
0: Moore walks in. She's like, why the hell are you guys here? Like, I thought dinner was later. What are you doing? And Reese says, trust me, there's no party. Only a massacre if Cassian doesn't shut his mouth. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know who you are, my guy, but you might be my favorite.
1: I just want to say Cassian is automatically my favorite because whenever I have to type my summary. It's the only name that my autocorrect doesn't try to fix.
0: Oh, what do you mean, Ariel? <laughs> Instead of Azriel.
1: Or what do you mean, Farah? Or Reese, R E E S E. Farah. Yeah.
0: Mm, I love good Farah.
1: Farah. Like this is not Teen Mom. No. I can't even think about Teen Mom. Oh. Every time I'm like, stop it.
0: They were so tired, like literally freaking exhausted, emotionally, physically, and she's like, but I can't go to bed without the tea.
1: <laughs> so,
0: girl. Who are they? And of course, they tell her, which I think was very nice because they didn't
1: have to. But we learned that it's the inner circle. Yeah. I was very confused at this point why... Nuala and Caradwin were so tight-lipped on how the city was kept safe for so long. Why they didn't want to share the information. I respected that they were like, it's not ours to tell. That's Rhysand's story. He didn't make us do that. Right. But I was also like, what the hell happened that they can't share this information? Like, why is this so low-key? This one's hard because I did like how they respected his boundary though. But I want to know. But yeah. You're like, tell me, please. Mm, Spill it. Spill the peppermint licorice tea.
0: Because she even goes, wait a damn second. The wall of the city have not been breached for 5,000 years. Like it finally hits her. Oh, Valaris isn't ruined like everywhere else. I thought that was cool. Don't know why, but I thought that was very cool.
1: And then she goes in a deep, deep sleep, which she probably really needed. <laughs> then she goes none that time. She goes none, and that's the end of your chapter. She does. And I don't feel like this was as much of a cliffhanger,
0: but I really wanted to know who these people were because I liked them joking around. It made me giggle.
1: I think we're at the cusp of a lot of information about to be dropped onto our laps. My favorite kind. Do you have a favorite quote
0: no for real yeah I was really sad because I know I love these chapters listening to this on audiobook too just makes my heart like hurt because I love it yeah I don't think so buddy I'm looking for any of my pink highlighter do you know mine yeah read yours and then I'll try to find one
1: okay I had talked about it briefly it was when it says Reese's smile widened into a grin to Valaris, the city of starlight I just ah (laughs) hmm That'll never not be a favorite moment for me. That should have been mine. That would be a good answer.
0: We can share it. Are we going to share that one? Let's share it. Can I share it with you? Is
1: that okay? Please do. Okay. That's like the quintessential. It is. It is the moment. The beginning to me. Yeah, I'm going to take it. Will you share with us who our star of the week is? We have a very lovely star of the week, uh, like always.
0: Oh, yep. She's the cute redhead mm-hmm. with the ramen noodle hair. I say that with love.
1: I was going to say, that's a compliment. Do not take that as anything but a compliment. I wish I had ramen noodle hair
0: all I want in life is curly hair and after surgery it did change it's not curly it is wavy
1: Abby she has boudoir photos on her page look at her oh my goodness okay Erin yes can
0: we be boudoir buddies? Do you want to come to Italy and I'll shoot your boudoir photos for free? That would be really fun. This is Erin from at Sinful Shelves. She says, hi there, my name is Erin or at Sinful Shelves on Instagram. Thank you so much to A Court of Thorns and Podcasts. Hi. And Abby and Livy for having me on. Instagram is such an amazing place to connect with other people who are passionate about the same things you are. And in August of 2022, I just finished reading A Court of Thorns and Roses. And that's where the idea of creating a book account started. It took me some time to figure out my own style for my account. And I made my first ever post in September, just hoping to make some friends and escape from reality for a bit. I'm grateful for this community and the space to share my love for books. When I'm not off in a fantasy land or deep into my favorite spicy dark romance, I'm a respiratory therapist at a children's hospital. It got better, Libby. Thank you for doing the Lord's work. My job is so incredibly rewarding, but can be so stressful. So books are my personal escape and help me heal in so many ways. Since creating my account, I am most proud of the community I've built and the emphasis I have put on mental health, transparency, and awareness. Well, girl, We were just talking about how my mental health was not doing too hot today, and this already helped, so thank you. Every Monday, I post a mental health post, hoping to let people know they aren't alone in their struggles, because I know I felt alone so many times, even when I wasn't. One of the books that helped me heal was A Court of Mist and Fury. Oh, well, hi. So being asked into this podcast was a dream come true. Oh. Okay. If you're thinking about making a book account, please come join us. Take the dive and know there are so many more people who will support you than you think. So much love and thanks again for having me. Erin from At Sinful Shelves. Well, Erin, that was really freaking adorable. And combined with the spiciness of your account, you have been added to my list of favorite people.
1: My child was in the NICU for a while after she was born. I have nothing but the utmost respect and admiration for any medical professional, let alone a children's health medical professional. Something about pediatric healthcare, it takes its toll emotionally. Only the strongest people I feel like can do that job.
0: I'm glad she has a outlet for it. Absolutely. And it makes me even happier that her outlet has to do with spicy books because we know we all love them. So. Love it. You are a wonderful human, my friend.
1: Here, here. Please go follow
0: her on Instagram at sinfulshelves.
1: Calling all dreamers. We want to hear from you. Send us an email to a court of thorns and podcasts at gmail.com. Tell us everything. Including hiccups. Including how bad your hiccups get because mine are... <laughs> It's so <laughs> debilitating feel free to answer our question of the week we would love to know if you talk to yourself the way that libby does and abby doesn't i'm not saying you're insane if you do definitely not libby i'll accept it i don't think you are <laughs> please leave us a review on apple podcast or a rating on spotify to help us find more of our bookish friends to the people who listen and the dreams that are answered we will see you next week and remember don't let the hard days win
0: you can hear me from the dog.
1: It's me. I'm a fly. It's me. Taking all my feelings. You and my head. You and my heart.
0: I'm the free dog. We are pro burping in this household.
1: Yes, we are.
0: It's either burp or die, so.
1: Yeah, that's true.